All right, welcome back to another episode here on nonprofit marketing. Um, today, I, I'm actually really excited about this topic. So first, I want to tell you a story. Um, when I was, oh, I, I guess I was probably about seven years old, my mom was playing um, a song on the piano. And she was at the time taking piano lessons. And I remember just, we, yeah, we got into the piano. Of course, I'd like, I'd plinked around with it a few times. I remember she was playing this specific song. And um, as soon as she finished and walked out of the room, I went and played the same song, right? Um, and at a young age, I, I had a, I, what people, I guess, call a, a good ear for music that I could, I could kind of hear and recreate music pretty, pretty easily. Um, and so my mom came back in as I was playing the song that she just played, you know, using sheet music, and I was just playing it just by ear. And she's like, oh, man, we just said get him into piano lessons. So very quickly, I was in piano lessons. And um, <laughs> and, if, and so something about my personality that, that's that's um, probably worth noting, I am extremely, I'm extremely ADHD. And I have trouble staying focused. And, you know, and like just digging in on something, I, my mind bounces around I mean, more than I can tell you. Which, in funny and funny enough, in hindsight, has been actually this great blessing for me because I'm able to switch so quickly between different ideas. But um, at the time, it was so difficult to stay focused. And a big, another tricky part was that very, you know, so right off the bat, she's like, "Okay, let's get into this piano." We started with Suzuki, the Suzuki theory for for learning the piano, and it was just awful for me. I remember just just hating it. <laughs> she would teach me these songs. So after about a month or two, she's like, and the teacher said, "You know, let's just I'll just teach you how to play." I'm just going to, I'll play songs. I'll help you get through the notes. You just memorize. So I actually developed a pretty good memory for, for music. And I could play just pages and pages of music all by memory because I just couldn't read. And so my teacher had to actually like help me through note by note. And I could read very basic things. Um, I actually remember what she would, she would do is that we'd learn these Suzuki songs. And I remember one time she, I came back to her home years later. And she would, she just was laughing. She said, oh, I just remember so distinctly this this one time you got to perform in front of a group, <laughs> and you're supposed to perform this song, and uh, and you ended up mixing three songs together. And she's like, it was amazing, really, because they were seamless. Like it didn't, the transitions were so smooth. And she's like, I don't, and you didn't notice. You just you just were playing it the way you 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 know you kind of I would I would get I'd get distracted and like forget I was playing one song, start playing another song, and do it seamlessly without even realizing it. So. It's kind of a funny thing. So I kind of had this this little bit of a. I was a little bit arrogant too because I thought, oh, because I, I was I kept up so well with everybody that um, because I could I could I could learn so much faster than they could because I just hear it once or twice maybe and I could play it you know fairly well by ear, um, especially when you're you know starting off with a bunch of other nine or ten year olds. Um, there was a song that I particularly loved by Rachmaninoff and I wanted to learn it so badly. And it was, it was technical. It was extremely technical. And my teacher said, I don't know. It's, it's pretty difficult. But if you're sure, I'm, I'm sure I want to learn this. And so just one measure at a time, one note at a time, we started working through this song. And it was so difficult. At one point, um, and I knew enough about, about music theory at this point to, to know that there was something off. Um, and if any of you are, are understand music, um, Rachmaninoff starts off this piece with what's called a triple, um, um, a tr a triple piano or triple P is, is, is written out and it's just extremely quiet. It's just as quiet as you can start off the song. And then at the end, he switches into a triple forte, um, which is as loud as you can. And then also he switches into four fortes, 
And I said, what on earth? Like, there's no such thing as for uh, a quadruple forte that doesn't exist in music. And this is, and this is what I'm getting at. This is, this is the point. And this is what she told me. And it was so profound. And I've actually remembered this my entire life, which is so funny of all the things that she taught me. I forgot most of it, but this one thing is really stuck in my mind. Um, she said, well, you understand Brunson that Rachmaninoff had mastered the rules and once he mastered the rules, he has the liberty to break them. And I remember not thinking much of that, but it stuck with me. Um, and then the more I've thought about it, the older I've gotten, and the more I've read and studied and understood, it's become extremely profound to me, this concept that we need to master the rules before we can break them. Um, the concept of how this applies to business is, I think, fairly obvious that there are preset business rules of things that just work. We, we have this we have this romanticized idea of business, um, especially in the United States. Um, and I don't know where you're listening to this, but if you're from the U.S., I think this will kind of ring with you. We like to be inventors. Um, we want to be completely original. We want to do something no one's ever done before. It's a big part of the American culture. We want to be totally revolutionary. And as a result, we often end up getting into a project and we're, we don't, we want to be so unique that we won't copy things that even work sometimes. We're like, oh yeah, so this company is doing this and they're killing it, but I can't be like them. I have to be totally unique. So I'm trying to, I'm going to find my own amazing way to make tons of money. Um, very often that just does not work out very well. So the, the overarching point is, and this is a quote by Russell Brunson that I, that I just have, have loved. He said, um, don't be a pioneer because you'll end up with arrows in your back. And some people might be like, oh, well, the, then who's going to chart the way? And it's like, well, eventually you. But you have to start somewhere more concrete. Um, for example, before you can really write wonderful music, you need to understand how people wrote wonderful music. You will not find a music artist out there that really has had massive success that has not studied the greats. Rachmaninoff and Bach and Beethoven and Mozart. Uh, I mean, it, you look at every 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 one of the artists that I actually look up to. It's funny is that you know you look at Beethoven studied studied uh, Bach and then Rachmaninoff studied Beethoven and it's this it's this line where they would go and master the existing the existing success out there. They'd go they'd go take everything that's out there that's already working, and once they really understood it. Um, and a, a, a phrase that I love from Josh um, Watskin is form leaves form. There's a certain point where your mind starts to assimilate things, starts to assimilate principles where you don't have to think about it anymore. Um, at a certain point, you know, when I started off playing the piano, I would, my fingers would have to be curled. And, you know, I remember my, my teacher said, you have to have fingers like, a, fingers like an eagle, right? You have to have claws. And that's how she taught me to play. And now when I play, I don't realize that I do that, but I, by habit now, my fingers play like claws. I don't have to actually think about it. Do you remember the first time? Sorry, I talk really quickly sometimes. Do you remember the first time that you drove a car? If you're if 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 you if you have one, uh, or if, if you have went through like a driver's training program, um, it was so complicated. There were so many steps. There were so many different elements involved. You have to go and put it in park. Then you've got to keep your foot on the accelerator. Then you've got to put it on your blinker. I remember my first time merging onto the highway was almost. I probably still have some like emotional PTSD from it. It was so dramatic for me because it was, it was kind of looped around and you're going 20 miles per hour. Then you have to go from 20 miles per hour to 80 was the speed limit. 
and you've got a pretty short little runway. And there was a big, there was two semis bearing down on me. And my teacher was like, all right, go, 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 go. And then she's like, go faster, faster. And I'm stressing out. She's like, don't forget your blinker. Okay, now merge right. And like, turn off your blinker and, you know, you know, put in cruise control. And just, I mean, this thing after thing. And I was just so stressed. And now I will be on a conversation, uh, super like deep conversation with somebody. And I'll merge onto a highway going 80 and slide perfectly between two cars and not even, not even uh, think about it and do everything just right. Um, that's the way that it works with business as well is once we really master the very basics, once we really get into what is working, what's successful right now, once we understand that at a very deep level, we, we actually, we actually don't need to think about it so much anymore. We kind of just do it instinctively. So we under, like we talked about last time, when you understand the, the power of story, you'll begin actually naturally to start telling stories. I found that with myself, I, I do it, I do it very instinctively. Like even right now, as I started this podcast, uh, I immediately, like my first thought was, okay, I want to talk about this principle. Okay. What's the story? Immediately. That's, I didn't have to like wonder, okay, how do I teach this principle? No, it's immediately. I just need a good story first that helps introduce my, uh, my, my topic. You'll start to do that. The more you really embrace what is working out there. We call this the blue ocean, red ocean, or, or probably more, more correctly, red ocean, blue ocean concept. A red ocean is um, the concept of fishing and waters that are bloody in the sense that there's a lot of fish there. You know that people are actively fishing in these waters. Again, the instinct is, oh, and I have to go out, I have to go out into the, the deep blue ocean and find my own little spot of land. And it's like not really the case. First, go master the red ocean, figure out what's working. And then you kind of, from that perspective and from the understanding and as, as form leaves form, as you begin to really understand these concepts and principles instinctively, when you move into your own little spot of land or your own little part of the ocean, you'll do all the right things that are working there, plus bring in your new, your unique creativity and your your unique niche. niche. So the point overall is go and find people that are successful in the nonprofit space. Go talk to people and interview people and and be as active as you can in that community. Go figure out what's working for businessmen generally. And when you understand the principles of business really successfully, you'll do very, very well in your nonprofit space. So go and find out what's working. Don't try to be like, oh, I have to find this amazing, unique way. And and I'm just going to be like this super like crazy pioneer. And I'm going to do, do something no one's ever done before. Well, you can do that. But first, do what works. Master what works. And then you'll find there's a lot of elements that will make your future um, plans and unique to your desire to be unique, actually successful. Um, if, if any of you follow, follow charity water, I listened to an interview um, from charity water and, and it was so fascinating is that the reason I think that he, that he did so well, um, and expanding his idea was because he was already a marketer. He was, uh, I think, I mean, his, his initial story, if I remember correctly, he was a nightclub promoter. He understood the concept of how to get people to say yes, <laughs> And he understood the concept of how to get people to create beliefs. And that's why you look at their marketing strategy and it's exceptional. They, they, they're, they're some of the best storytellers out there because he understood that early on. He was really already a master of that long before because he'd already mastered it in, 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 the, in the space that, where it was working. So by a similar token, I mean, and as, as a, for instance, if, if Charity Water works and they're successful, then go copy everything that they're doing that's, that's good. Say, oh wow, they're telling lots of stories. I need to tell lots of stories. Okay, they build out their products like this, and they build out products like that. You don't you don't have to do an exact copy and paste, but you go copy the form. 
and the ideas and the principles that they're applying. Um, as you do that, you'll really find that things will really start to clarify. And then, again, you'll start to assimilate those principles to become part of who you are, those things that are working. And then little by little, you'll find that you'll have unique and creative ideas that will grow out of that naturally. Um, I, I've, my whole life, um, so people all will often ask me, like, man, like, you came from this small farm in Idaho, and you just know a lot about these subjects. Like, how, how are you, like, how do you learn all this stuff? Is it books? Is it podcasts? And I said, you know, yes. But honestly, a lot of my most potent things that I've learned came from meeting somebody casually. And um, for example, I, I met a guy who was one of the developers of Siri. And I said, oh, wow, can I interview you? And he kind of, he kind of looked at me funny. I mean, literally, we, we just met. And I said, wow, like, can I ask you some questions? He said, uh, I, I guess so. I mean, that's, that's fine. And I said, okay. And you know, I just dove right in. I said, okay, if you're, if you're 21, what would you do if you're 21? And oh, he just launched in. Okay, here's exactly what I do. And man, if, it, if I could go back and just do it like this, things have been so much different. I learned so much from that guy in 10 minutes of what he would have done if he were me. It just, it, it was amazing to me. You are constantly surrounded by people. And you may not think you were like, oh, I don't know anybody. You'd be surprised. I met this guy literally when I was washing his windows. <laughs> so trust me, like, I mean, if, I didn't meet him at some fancy, like, uh, donation ball. This is this is when I was, uh, I mean, I guess it's probably 20 years old. I was, I was, I was pretty young. I mean, and, and I was just out washing his windows and I just started asking questions everywhere that I've gone. Anybody who's, who's around me knows that's something that I do. If I know that someone knows something that I don't, I'm like, oh, teach me. I want to learn. What are you doing that's working? And if it's something that I'm like, okay, I used to do that. Like, for example, someone might say, oh yeah, I did. Yeah. You know, I'm doing this right now. I'm like, okay, I did that before and didn't work for me. I've kind of upgraded since then. I just am respectful and go, wow, that's awesome. If they tell me something, I'm like, oh, that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Why would that work? I usually try it. I'm a, I love split testing. I love A and B testing. So um, I'll take what they're doing that's working and I'll try different days. So for example, I found, and there was, there was I mean, that's something that I, I do a lot is I like to take cold showers. It's like this weird thing that I do, but it really helps me kickstart my mornings. But I didn't know if it'd work. So what I do is I'd, I'd have days where I'd take hot showers and days I'd take cold showers. I started to like journal the differences that I'd feel. And very quickly I found, okay, cold showers is definitely a thing. Again, someone was successful. I saw that's what they were doing. I copied and pasted, and now it's part of my life. So go out there and find people that are doing what's working. Listen to podcasts. Read as much as you can and, and just study like crazy, and you will start to find what's working. Um, as, and that's, that's kind of prefacing a lot of what you're going to learn here in this podcast is if you don't agree with what I'm saying, try it. Try it. If, if, you, if you meet somebody you think that's kind of an odd way to run a nonprofit, well, it might be worth really exploring it because there might be something here you don't know. If you see that someone is highly successful in any industry, don't try to like do your own thing. Do what they're doing. If it works, go do what they're doing. And as soon as you've really understood what they're doing and why, and you've really like truly understood the principles behind why they're doing certain things, then you break out of that mold into your own creativity and your own unique personality. With that being said, um, Wish you all the best of luck and we'll see you next time.